Good morning. Helen introduced me earlier. Riley is my name. So you know a little bit more about me and why I'm here this morning speaking to us. I pastored for 15 years, way long time ago, in Chilliwack and Regina and Victoria. And then for 26 years, I was with what's now Ambrose University. So my privilege this morning to, as our pastors on sabbatical, open the word for us. And uh, I'd like to begin by asking us to pray the prayer for illumination. And recognizing the fact that it's not just the word, but it's the proclaimed word that we're looking for illumination for this morning. Lord, please join me. Open our hearts and minds by the power of the Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. My privilege this morning to preach from Mark chapter 12. In my Bible, it's entitled, The Greatest Commandment. The Greatest Commandment. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your spirit and strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all our heart, with all our understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. The word of the Lord. This event in the life of uh, the ministry of Jesus is significant for us, I think, even today, because uh, it highlights to us what might be considered the bottom line of being a follower of God. Some now 2,000 years later, what does it mean, in fact, to be a devout follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God through Christ? What does that mean for us in the 21st century? Well, I'm glad you asked. This kind of gives us a little bit of an idea. Jesus had been debating with some of the probably Pharisees, Sadducees, and teachers of the law, and he had given them some very good answers. And one of the, I'm going to say younger, teachers of the law heard the debate and listened and listened, and all of a sudden he couldn't stand it anymore, and he came right to the front and said, well, teacher, what in fact is the greatest commandment? What's the bottom line? I'm a follower of God, he said. I want to know what the bottom line is, the essence of being a true follower of God. 
I think Jesus thought for a moment, and in response, quoted the Shema. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Repeated by every devout Jewish person in that day, six times a day. They'd stop, and they would quote from memory the Shema. Hear, O Israel, hear, O people of God, the Lord our God is one Lord, and we love him with heart, soul, mind, and strength. This was a significant answer. I think um, I was in my office one day, way back in Victoria time, and I thought, huh, heart, soul, mind, strength. So easy to lump those together, pass over them, not recognize the tremendous diversity between those four issues in our lives. What does it mean to love God with your heart and soul and then your mind and all of your strength? Well, I'd like to explore that for a few moments, if I could, with you. What does it mean to love God with all of our hearts? Well, in the Scriptures, the heart is the it's the, it's the emotional part of our being. It's, what, it's our love life with God. It's what it, we give to God or what we, what we um, nurture in our relationship with God. We have come to know that that relationship can be developed through the Lord Jesus Christ. Our relationship with Christ, in fact, helps us in our hearts to love God. Well, how do we know then that we are loving God? Well, we love what we spend our time on. We talked last Sunday about the fact that uh, to worship is to attribute worth to something, and so the more time and effort we give to one thing or another, the more we could say, well, we we think that's important. We love that particular issue. If you spend a lot of your time on this or that or the other thing, then in fact you could say, well, that controls my heart. That controls my being. In fact, it's, it's, it's my love life. L look at your bank account. What do you spend your, your resource on? Uh, what do you spend your time in and on? And what do you give your energy to? Our heart is the emotional love life aspect of us. Broken down, it's making a commitment to God through Christ and saying, I want to, be, I want to know more about God. And I want to follow Him with all of my being. And then the second of the Shema, to love God with all of our soul. How does our soul differ from our heart? Well, in Scripture, our soul is the moral, ethical, decision-making capacity that we all have. Our soul is right from wrong, good from evil. It, 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 the Shema invites us 
to learn to love God with our moral being and to love Him with all of our moral, ethical fiber. Problem is, we live in a world where that becomes increasingly difficult. And you say, well, <laughs> what is that moral, ethical dimension of life? Well, God, creator, sustainer of all of life, has given us his moral, ethical pattern. The Ten Commandments. It's as simple as that. And it always comes back to that. Have no other gods. One, one God. Not one of many. Not just a better one than somebody's, somebody else's. But one God. No idols. Don't create for yourself, the Ten Commandments say, idols. That's tough in our world because our lives are filled with issues that invite us to, to, to make them our idols. No gods, no other gods, no idols. Don't misuse the name, the good name of God. Keep the Sabbath Whatever the Sabbath is, keep the Sabbath a time when you give yourself rest and recovery and a developing of your relationship with God. Honor dad and mom. Honor your parents. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness and do not covet. The moral, ethical law of God. Interestingly, the teachers of the law, the Jewish people that heard him that day, had taken these ten commandments and created a whole vast array of, um, of rules. We have a tendency to judge the teachers of the law along with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, but we really shouldn't because they had dubious uh, uh, patterns to their lives. But the teachers of the law spent time doing one thing, and that was identifying and following after and interpreting the, the, the rules of God, the laws of God, teachers of the law. They had identified 365 positive rules. 365. You say, why that? Well, days of the year. The calendar was, this, was developed in AD, uh, BC, 45 BC, by Julius Caesar. So during that 45 years, they developed 365 positive rules for interpreting the moral ethical law of God, and in fact, 212 negative rules to correspond to the number of bones in the body as they understood it. So, they had taken the moral ethical law of God, which was to be for all ages, and they had built up 
rules and understandings, some positive, some negative, but all of these more in some ways more important than in fact the law of God for us in our age, in our day, we would do well to follow after the Ten Commandments, the laws of God, the moral, ethical law of God. All else is kind of extra. But in fact, we should know what these are. As I read them, I'll bet some of you said, oh, I forgot about that one. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We ought to know these by heart. These are the moral, ethical law of God for our souls and the, the loving of God with all of our souls. Love God with all of your heart, said the Shema, all of your soul, all of your mind. That's interesting. <laughs> all of our minds. Uh, for 26 years, I worked with Ambrose University. Uh, I used to love young people who wouldn't... <laughs> I used, well, mostly. I used to love the, one, the, the young people who didn't just take an answer at face value, who would question, who would decide it's time to develop my mind. Uh, in our day, first one, confession, it's easy to have the remote control and to just go from channel to channel to channel. But loving God with our minds means that we question and we understand and we have commitments that we live by. And the Shema, love God with all of your strength. What does that mean? Well, I think it just means if you're going to be a follower of God, just do it. With all of your strength, with everything you have, as much as you're able, love God with heart, soul, mind, strength. So he was asked, Jesus was asked, what's the bottom line, the greatest commandment, the, the, the bottom line in being a follower of God? And his response was the Shema. So up until now, as he quoted the Shema, the Jewish leaders around him would have been, you, ooh, yeah, 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 oh, good, good, yeah, the Shema. Then Jesus did something that no other Jewish teacher had ever done before. He said, love God, heart, soul, mind, and strength, and, and. <laughs> you can almost hear the gasp amongst the, the leaders of their faith. And, and, there's no and in the Shema. And, what do you mean and? Jesus twinned the Shema to the second half of a little verse in Leviticus 19, 18. And the verse says, and love your neighbor as yourself. Take all of the love you have for God with heart, soul, mind, and strength and 
Give it away. It's not for you <laughs> that you are just a follower of God. It's not just for you. It's for others. Develop a ministry. Do what you need to do to love your neighbor as yourselves. And uh, we have a tendency sometimes to make this a little bit of a grandiose statement, like the neighbor being the world, when in fact it's our next-door neighbor. It's a person we go to school with. It's the person that we live next to. It's the person who we know well. We don't have to go knocking on doors to discover who we should love. We just simply need to take the love that we have for God and give it away to those people close to us. The mistake, the early people of God, the chosen people made was that they thought it was all about them. After all, chosen people. And so they built walls around their faith tradition to keep people out. 365 positive, but 212 negative. And they really did enforce the rules. They believed that it was important that they keep people away rather than bring people in. And so when Jesus said, love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and it was shocking. It was shocking to these leaders. And love your neighbor as yourself. Give away your faith. We don't need to preserve the faith. We don't need to preserve God's character. He's big enough to handle this on his own. What we need to do is give ourselves with all of our strengths to an understanding of God and be willing to share that however we share that in one way or another with the people that we come in contact with. It's not just for us that we are followers of God today. This is entitled in my Bible, I said, The Greatest Commandment. We also have uh, other, other scriptures that, that we, you know, the, the, the Great Commission and other. I think this is right up there with all of them, to be honest. This is the bottom line in being a Christian, in being a follower of God for all ages. Love God. Not obey him, not fear him, love him. Learn to love God with heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. Now, what's interesting was the last few verses that I read. For this young teacher that teaches the law, he said, well said. <laughs> imagine, imagine him saying that in front of his other religious leaders and contemporaries. You're right in saying that, that, that God, uh, that we are to love him alone and to love our neighbors as ourselves. For that is more important, he said, 
than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. I bet that went over well that day in that crowd. I can't imagine the reaction that this young man, this gentleman must have had when he repeated this back to Jesus, but he recognized it as being truth. Our privilege, our responsibility is to learn to love God with all of our love lives, all of our moral, ethical fiber, all of our minds, and all of our strengths. And as a result, because of this love, then love our neighbors as ourselves. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this scripture. It's very challenging to me, perhaps to all of us this morning. We recognize your hand in our lives, and we thank you for the opportunity to work out some of these issues, even on a daily basis or a weekly basis, to learn to love you with heart, soul, mind, and strength. How difficult that is in the day that we live because of the various uh, issues that we confront and deal with on an almost daily basis. Help us, we pray. We, in fact, are your people, the people of God. And we don't want to fumble that away. We don't want to misuse what it means to be the people of God in our world. So help us, I pray, each of us in our own way, to work out what this means for us as followers and disciples of your son Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.